Welcome to the Film Look podcast, where we try and achieve it one shot at a time. I'm one half the Film Look, Robert Carr. We also joined by the other half of the Film Look, Richard Scott. That's me. And then we're joined by the official, unofficial member of the Film Look, Christian Foreman. Hello. So this is our second week. We are back. Um, no one really hated us that much to so say you should never do this again. So we've got some good comments, I think. Yeah. So far. I like listening to the first episode. It was good. I think we've got a strong first ep. Yeah. Um, that's... Right. Tapping ourselves on the back, but yeah. My uh, friend listened to it, and she's her only comment was Richard is my favourite. Oh yeah. So you, oh, you yes. already you already have a fan. Or something. <laughs> What's she, she called? Picked, she picked you over me, and I was best man at our wedding. So oh, nice. um, well, yeah, there you go. Mary's, what's uh, she called? She's called Liz. Do you want to Hi, give a Liz. Shout how out? you doing? Mary Zash should be the. I'm your favourite. The other half. That's, that's <laughs> me and my week. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you should be the other half. Of the film look. I'm you. the main half of the film oh, look. Right. <laughs> um, so where did you rank? I won't me and you? get like. Oh, we didn't get a mention. We didn't get. We'll a mention. ask next for next week okay. where she ranked us because Richard's one. Yeah. So who's two and three? You know, you're the third member of the film look, officially, unofficially. The third half. Yeah. The third half. So right. <laughs> um, half, I like that. What we're doing this week, Christian? So, coming up on podcast episode number two, we have News and Views with Rob Carr, who is one of those voices you just heard there. Hello. And he'll be talking industry news, gear releases, and interesting filmmaking videos that we've seen this week and we want to talk about and recommend to you. After that, we've got our topic discussion of the week, and this week it is Kit, where we'll be answering questions like, what should you purchase after your camera and what not to buy? Our third segment after that is called, you haven't seen that? where we discuss a film that one or more of us hasn't seen and dissect its filmmaking properties. This week's film is Stanley Kubrick's sci-fi classic, 2001, A Space Odyssey. And at the end of the podcast, we will wrap up by answering some questions sent to us on social media. If you want to ask a question, get involved on the podcast, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all with the username, The Film Look. And in between all those segments, we'll be, um, Rob and Rich will be competing against each other and um, when I test them on their film knowledge um, and the topic of that, which will be revealed after Rob's news and views. It's currently 1-0. It's currently 1-0. What did we do last week? I can't remember. Oh, we did guess the actor based on the screen. segment of the film. Yep. Um, Rob came out seeming like the he was going to be the victory, the victor there, but you topped him in the, in At the, the second end. round. The yeah. Very end, yeah. yeah, with Johnny Depp in... Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. Of no, all. I, don't know where, I don't know where that came from, but well done. Wow. So, yeah, so why don't you start us off, Rob, with, with news and views? Should we load up the jingle? Yeah. News and views. Da-na-na. News and views. Da-na-na. Yeah, we're still working on that. Um, <laughs> might not stick. I don't know why I did a Transformer <laughs> before it. <laughs> on news and views, we're going to be talking about new camera equipment releases that are happening this week and also YouTube videos that we think filmmakers can benefit from. There's not much uh, camera equipment news this week. It's a bit of a slow one, but literally, I put this in about an hour ago just before the podcast. Sony have just re- released a new camera. It's kind of going to try and compete against the GoPro. They've got some action Sony's action cameras been out a while, but they've never really been too good. Um, this one is called the RX Zero, and basically it takes us, takes the sensor from the you know the RX one hundreds. We've got the third version yeah of one, one of me, shoot yeah one of my friends is letting us uh, mark the mark 3 um, but it's literally taking the sensor from the mark 5 so it's 4k straight into a gopro sized camera um, it's going to have a fixed 24mm zeiss lens set there for you can shoot 4k um, 
full HD at 240 frames a second. Wow. It can also shoot um, 960 frames per second, but the resolution hasn't been confirmed. But on such a small camera, that's pretty good, especially for the quality. And yeah. I looked at some of the uh, example footage they've got out. And, you know, with a GoPro, you normally get, like, a bit of a fisheye. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. At 24mm, it should it should look quite flat. Yep, it does. It looks like just is it, a 24mm. Is, is it wide? Is it, like, super yeah, yeah, wide? Yeah, su- super wide. Um, obviously, the sensor is, like, a, I think it's an inch from the RX100 uh, series. But it looks, you know, you could match it up with something else. Yeah. It's got no, um, you know, fisheye effects. Yeah, barrel distortion. I mean, you can fix it. You can fix that really easy now. Um, yeah. But what it's actually, what they're really bringing this out for is so you can hook more than one up together. So you can actually hook 15 of these up together and um, and make a VR rig or a 360 video rig. What they've built it so you can like daisy yeah. chain them. So you can daisy chain them so it's That's already cool. built in, um, yeah. which, you know, you can do on the GoPros and stuff, but it's not as, uh, it's not as easy as it. Is the kind of should be, but they so they're trying to break into this market. Um, What's it called? The Sony RXO? RXO. So it's literally taking the, the RX100 and... Uh, oh, wow, it is tiny. Um, yeah. Can I ask something? What's a daisy chain? How do you daisy it, chain something? A daisy chain. So imagine you've got like five cameras. Yeah. And usually uh, in order to get them all together, uh, you would have to hook them all up to one thing. Instead, you're hooking the first one to the second, the second one to the third, third one to the fourth. And the fifth camera and the first camera aren't connected, but they are connected by three other cameras between it, but they can all talk to each other. So that's what a daisy chain is. Okay. Um, and this camera is going to be shipping out in October, $700. Um, so it's a go- about GoPro range, a little bit more expensive. Um, and the question is, will it kill a GoPro? Probably not because GoPro have got, you know, the... The, the, the big brand, aren't they? The big the, the brand. Rolls Royce. They've got all the accessories already. They the know what the... They, that's all they do. They make action cameras. Sony make, you know, TVs, uh, fridges. Do they make fridges? Probably. Movies. Movies. Make movies. They're literally in everything. So yeah. it's just quite quite an interesting camera to come out and see what the quality's like, especially since it doesn't fisheye. So um, have you got it up there, Rich? Yeah, yeah. I, it looks... <laughs> it looks small. Yeah, and they also say it's uh, weatherproof, uh, crush-proof. It can withstand everything within the body. It looks like so. the GoPro, uh, the, the black session. cube run. Yeah, the little is session. Is that what they call it? The oh, session? The cube, I don't know. Um, should really know that. But uh, So yeah, that's coming out soon. Um, check that out. So Yeah, yeah GoPro session. GoPro session. Um, so that, that's the only real piece of camera equipment that's kind of come out. Uh, NAB is coming up, um, so more camera equipment will come from that, or the weeks leading up to that anyway. Um so yeah, let's go on to some YouTube videos that we've watched this week. One of them is from Entity and the Elk. Um, it's called How to Introduce Your Characters, especially how Spielberg introduces his characters. Um, so Entity and the Elk is like a film theory channel. And in this video, they talk about two different ways that he introduces those characters. And one's called action and one's called fraction. So action means uh, to show and don't tell. He says, you know, when you introduce a villain, you don't tell the audience that he's bad. You show that he's bad, like the Joker. You know, in the opening scene of um, The Dark Knight, you see him doing bad things. You yep. don't go, this is a bad man. You don't. Oh, no, the mother of the bad man's here. Yeah, you, you know, that doesn't happen. Um, and fraction means showing glimpses of the character before you see a before you see him like with the big beauty light on and everything you know you, and you're creating mystery to the audience so in Raiders of the Lost Ark we're going to mention this in every single podcast oh, this is film. This, was it I haven't seen this video but in the one that's going out next Tuesday 
one about rain as I talk about this. Yeah, do you talk oh, about no. this? Oh, um, no. Yeah, it's not fraction. I talk about at the start of it, it should be um, engage, entertain, and intrigue. I mean, there's, oh, loads, man. there's loads of different words for it. Um, like it says, we've got a video coming out next week about Raiders of the Lost Ark. But in, in Raiders, he basically, in this video, he breaks it down as you see glimpses of them. So yeah. you see his whip. You see how mm-hmm. brave he is. Um, you see his silhouette, so you see his hat. And then when you do see the full shot of him for the first time, you know exactly who this man is. Um, Spielberg does this throughout his films, so action and fraction. Never really thought of it that way. I do like fraction. That's probably my best way of... I would, you show little glimpses and build up... Tiny little bit. Yeah, you build yeah. up the character before you show the audience. It's just a more interesting way. Mm-hmm. And again, you're showing not talent, which yeah. you should always be... Um, doing in films so yeah go check that out from entertain the elk um all of these uh links to the the camera before this and youtube videos will be in the show notes below for you to go check out so the second video is from um uh, cinematography database matt workman he what what i like about his channel is like especially what's very different from ours we do we indie level we we makeshift we talk about cheaper low-end equipment you know that's who we are Hopefully one day we'll be talking about more high-end equipment. But he's been working in the industry for quite a few years, 15 years, um, and he's just kind of moved away from the industry and started making YouTube videos. His YouTube videos are all about how big productions do it, which is good to know because eventually you could walk onto a set and have to deal with all these this high expensive equipment and you need to know the knowledge of how to use it and what it does because it is slightly different from indie level and it probably will make your job easier. Um, on this video, he shows you how to um, light an exterior night scene for a film, which we've all seen. It, but this is in like New York City. All right, we've all seen that. That's we've cool. All, you know, so the, you follow two actors around the city as he's lighting them. Because most people would think that a night scene, it's just it's nighttime. It's fine. Just yeah, it's turn, nighttime. But the in the, in the city of New York, it's got an amazing backdrop. We've all seen it. So he just kind of runs around with Aperture. He's um, teamed up with them again with their Aperture lights, which are all battery-powered, and just shows you how simple it is to do. So, you know, the street lights are in the shot, but and the street lights are motivating the extra lights that you're putting in, into the shot. Um, from Aperture, the, the new uh, C300Ds look really good. Um, so uh, go check it out, because, it's it, like I says, he, he's, he's talking about high-end techniques. So how did they do it then? Um, he basically they just they use a lot of the streetlights and they use the backdrop of New York to um, help light up the scene. So if there's a streetlight right next to them, it's not enough light, but they put an extra light going in there from the aperture lights. Okay. Um, it's it's really simple. You watch it and go, yeah, that makes it really easy. And like it says, with the aperture lights, all battery powered. Yeah. So it's um, so with the aperture lights, are the are the ones that are like RGB. So the no, matching no. the color temperature of the um, streetlights. There's, there's a couple of different ones. So they've got the daylight and the um, the fluorescent, the warmer color lights. Um, I should really know this. Um, and they're just using them battery powered, running around, and they're using um, some silk domes that Aperture make. So yeah. it's a really nice soft light. Okay. Um, because at nighttime in streets, it's generally a soft light. They're in a park. They're shooting on an A7S, which A7S two, I think, which makes it so much easier. Yeah. It's really nice and clean. Um. Yeah, and it's just it's it's always good to watch his stuff because, like it says, it's all about doing it high end, yeah, and not doing it on the budget. And it's about translating those pro skills into yeah. your own little DIY yeah, version, your, whole, your own little it's DIY, gonna work, isn't it? And it's going to give you tips about when you do move up to this big, high, expensive stuff. That's cool. Eventually, that's what we'll be doing. Yeah. We'll probably be st- still thinking on a DIY type of 
budget and stuff just because that's what we do. But this equipment is there. It's Yes, it's more expensive, but to make your job easier. Mm. That's what it's for. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, go check that out. Um, the last video in News and Views is a, f- a video from Film Courage. It's the difference between writing a protagonist for film and television. Um, and you d- I suppose I didn't really think about this before, but in film, your protagonist has to have a closing end after a two-hour mark, two-hour, three-hour, however long the film is. You know, it has to have a, an end, um, and you have to tell it within that amount of time. But in TV, it has to go through many different arcs throughout many different seasons, and he might have an end at one season, and there's something else new that pops up in the second season. So it's it, it talks about um, Mad Men and Don Draper. So his real life... Um, he's got that, but he's also got his backstory that can change at any point, and they can add bits in throughout. How many seasons of My Men is there? I think there's seven. Seven. So you find out more about his past, like throughout those seven seasons, that are affecting his current life because it's always a bit of a mystery. Are you going to find out who Don Draper really is? Um, but like it says in film, it's generally over in two hours, so you need something that happens at the end that's kind of a stop yes you can have a sequel you can even do a prequel if you want but like in Raiders his, he accepts at the end that there's this Mr. Mr. Like Mr. Miss yeah fam- famous quote from Raiders of the Lost Ark is when he talks to Marcus Brody he says I don't believe in any of this superstitious hocus pocus yet at the end he's the one who tells Marion close to your eyes close because your eyes. this godly power is going to kill you yeah so that is his end you know he's transformed into a character that's, that's what he says he believes it now yeah. Um, but you have to do that in a short space of time. So it's, it's it's only about a three minute video, but it's the difference between writing protagonists for TV and film, yeah. which is really interesting. So go check that out. Um, film Courage, uh, we really like that channel. We get loads of ideas from, from videos from their interviews. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's if in terms of writing, most of the so we do like a thing called coffee filters. So you'll write a vomit draft and then you'll apply only one filter at a time when you change it. And a lot of the coffee filters that I use are all from Film Courage interviews. Like it's just interviews with with filmmakers and writers, and they just give really good tips. We've got a, a recent video about uh, doing the twenties. Uh, Carl Iglesias called it, and it's if you need to create more original and and unique concepts, you you write your idea down, and then you write another version of it, and then you keep writing different versions of it until you get the twentieth one. And that twentieth one is no longer comfortable and accessible no one will have made it because you're forcing yourself to be thinking so far out of the box that i'm sure no one else has come up with it yeah so yeah film courage go check them out um so that is the end of news and views this week um if you want to send in any videos that you've watched or even any camera equipment stuff that i've missed send them in in the comments um on the podcast and we'll, we'll give you a little shout out. Yeah, all at the Film Look, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, wherever you can find us, yeah. you will find us and we will read it. So that was News and Views. No, no, no. News and Views. No, no, no. All right, I'm going to admit this is my favourite segment of this podcast, which is trivia. It's so, mine as well. I've always wanted to be um, like a Alexander Armstrong or a, what's his partner? Richard Osmond. I always wanted to be a quiz master. <laughs> this, is my, this is my chance to shine. I've chosen this game this week as the past two films we've watched for the podcast have had very important and distinctive and recognisable soundtracks. So you might see where this is going. So the quiz this week is can you name the movies from the clips of music from their soundtracks? Oh, I love this. I play this with oh, my brother man, all the time. It's a good do, game, right? It's, with, it's with video game music 
Uh, so it's a little more like embedded in your brain and you don't yeah. really realize it. But I bet we're going to be going, oh, I know what it is, but I don't know. All right. Okay, so I've, I've called this segment. Um, ooh, that film sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I'm, we're very new to this podcasting thing. So I'm not sure what the copyright rules are for playing you know, fine, soundtrack. Man. Do you think it's fine? Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Do it. Apologize um, later. So if, we're, if we are breaking the law, we, we apologize in advance. Um, this is just coming purely ignorant, pure ignorance rather than a place of malicious intent. I'm sure intent. we can claim fair use yeah. at some point. We aren't monetizing this video, this podcast, so, so it's fine. So thank you in advance for not suing. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to give you a quick um, example first, just to get just you... Just to get test you, the audio, yeah, yeah, see what it's yeah. like. So if everyone wants to, who's listening, tries to guess it before we do, uh, just let us know and be honest and you, you'll get the point. Okay, this is a test there. Warm, warm everyone up. Okay, I'll get the levels ready. Titanic. <laughs> it's not. Na, 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 na. It's Lord of the Rings. It's Lord of the oh, Rings. It's Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I thought it was Titanic as well at first. Very of good. It's Lord of the Rings. Sounds like Titanic though. It does. Hey, they might copyright that. They want to check that out. <laughs> All right. Well, good job that wasn't the first question. I was just, I was just hustling. Did mind. Howard Shaw do uh, Titanic? He did the Lord of the Rings, didn't he? James right. Horner did uh, Titanic. Right. Okay. So it okay. wasn't the same guy. It wasn't the same guy. <laughs> so so that wasn't Titanic. Um, but well, if um, Titanic want to sue them, Lord of the Rings, I think they should. I think they've got a claim there. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> Just trying to justify me being wrong. So okay. that that was the practice one. That was the practice one. Um, okay, the first one. First official one. Here we go. Three, two... Jurassic Park. You got it. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. As soon as those the the things come in, yeah. I've done more. I've never really seen Jurassic Park, so. Yeah, but you know that song. Good old Johnny Johnny Williams. <laughs> Johnny Williams. Johnno. Aye. John Boy. Johnny Wills. Johnny Wilmeister. Johnny. J W. Yeah. Uh-huh. Johnny Prince William. Uh-huh. <laughs> Are we doing like three per round or just? No, we need two. Two per round. Two per round. So which is uh, one, so nil? one nil. One down. nil. Okay, number two. Oh, the you... Avengers? Nope. Oh, it's... Um... Oh, I know what it is. Because I... No, that was all you get. Do I not get another repeat? No, you, no. you get a guess and then you get a repeat. But he knows what it is. Oh, well, this is good podcasting now. The, the silence, the dead air. Okay, I'm going to give you um... three seconds. Two. Is it Batman? One. No. One of the Batman. Spider-Man. It was Spider-Man. Oh, man, it was Maguire. definitely a man. I was thinking Batman and Robin. Yeah, kind of sounds like that. All sound the same. Yeah. Man. So that was the Tobey Maguire version, obviously, and not the Andrew Garfield or whatever he's called now. What's he uh, called? Tom. Tom Did, Holland. Tom Holland. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Tommy Holland. <laughs> Tom boy. Um. So yeah, that was round one. Man, two, two nil. nil down already. Not great. Not a great start for Rob. I knew. I didn't know any of them. Okay. I'm not gonna lie. I'm terrible <laughs> at these. <laughs> you got Titanic. Okay, cool. Um, stay tuned for um, the next round. More trivia. More trivia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. What is today's topic, Christian? So this week's topic is filmmaking equipment. So a first purchase for a filmmaker is usually a camera, but what should you buy after you get that camera? Is it a tripod, a slider, a shoulder rig? What is the best bang for your buck, and what should you avoid buying? 
here to answer those questions and more. <laughs> are two, <laughs> are two, is, is Robert and Richard. There's two award-winning filmmakers. Are you award-winning? Uh, Rob's I an award-winning filmmaker. There you go, you can say that. Technically. One award-winning filmmaker and Richard. <laughs> <laughs> can, we, so, can we put that in every podcast, please? <laughs> so... Um, I'll ask the award winner first. What is the next big purchase you should buy after you get your camera? Right. Um, first of all, people say a camera doesn't matter and you need to buy a camera, but it doesn't matter, but you need one. Buy one, shoot something with it. But you know what? You know what you really need? A good tripod. You need to put that camera on something and it's going to be steady. You're going to be able to pan, you can tilt. You know, you can even actually use your tripod as a shoulder rig if you if you know how to do that. Um, but what I did when I got um, my first tripod is I spent a little bit more. I spent, I bought some good legs, I bought a head, which the head has actually changed about three times. I've upgraded it over time. And you know what? That tripod's going to last me for probably another 20 years because I bought a good one at the beginning. So yeah, buy a really good tripod, spend that little bit more. I even got a free bag with mine actually, which I still use. So there's always deals there. Um, even secondhand, people, yeah, they'll be a little bit bashed, but um, you'll be able to get something. Don't buy something for like 30 quid. Buy something for £150. Yeah, that's yeah. what I did. I spent £100 on the legs. They were used. It was a Manfrotto one. It was exactly the same one that Griffin Hammond, he's a he's a filmmaker, uh, he got. And then £90 brand new fluid head. So it was about £200 altogether. And I've still got it now. It's six years old and there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. I would argue though that the next thing you buy after a camera could also possibly be a microphone. Yeah, I mean, a microphone, you need to be able to... You can see people now. You need to be able to hear people. Yeah. Um, but the thing, the thing, the difference between a microphone and a tripod is a tripod's not going to get outdated. You know, there's not going to be new true. additions. Yeah. Like an iPod, if you get like a, a tripod... Like it's, a tripod 7, you know, it's not going <laughs> <yeah, yeah, yeah. laughs> so to... It's going to last. It it's, it's certainly going to last longer than, than a microphone at the starting price. Because if you just buy a microphone, you probably want something that plugs straight into your camera, like a like a Rode VidMic Pro or something. Uh, so yeah, no, I would I would go for a tripod first because when you're starting out, you probably want to focus on your visuals more uh, than your audio. Because well, everyone does, yeah. The camera already has a microphone in it, but I suppose your the camera the, doesn't have a tripod built on. The tripod's such a simple thing that adds so much production value to your what you're shooting as well. Yeah, I mean, it if, looks, if you need to shoot an interview, and and shooting interviews is a good way to, you know, earn some cash and shoot videos for other people. You know, you, well, it needs to be on a tripod. Yeah. Um, but one thing about a tripod is you'll learn about composition. You know, if you're just holding it all the time, it's you can't step back and look at the monitor and move it a little inch. You've got to hold it in your hands. So you'll learn about composition. And you, it's, I don't know. I, it's I just a good first investment, mm -hmm. really. By, you know, you, you can spend like, 250 quid on a camera and get a really good camera but you should be spending just about that on a on a tripod so mm -hmm. i would cool. agree tripod microphone good advice yeah tripod microphone microphone road video mic i would say get one of those and then you know learn from that nice so is um is there anything you'd suggest avoid buying well we we made we started making a video uh a few months ago on uh stuff um Useless stuff. Camera Useless equipment stuff. you shouldn't buy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and we were doing it, but we didn't release it and we didn't go ahead with it because it kind of just like we're going, look, we've bought all this stuff with all the money we have and it's rubbish. Yeah. But really it's, and we both agree that a really rubbish shoulder rig is pointless. So there's sometimes you get a shoulder rig that's like 10, 20 pound. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's crap. Like so it's not going to. 
a shoulder, I had a shoulder rig, which was about um, 15 quid. It was plastic. Because it's the cowboy cow, shoulder cow, rig. Cowboy yeah. shoulder rig. And you know what? It's fine. It digs in you a little bit. Um, but I used it a couple of times and it just wasn't very good. So I bought another one for 30 quid, which was the spider Yeah, shoulder that as well. Which a lot of people spider do have. steady. And you know what? It's fine. You just can't get it tight enough. Mm-hmm. But there's just too many bits. And you know what? It just looks bad. So you, you go on a shoot and it doesn't look great. That's true, yeah. And it's it's strange that it you know, the kit should just work, but if it if it looks rubbish if you're making stuff out of PVC, that's fine if you're making your own little short films and stuff. But you really if you're charging a client And you turn up to a, a paid job, yeah, you know, and yeah. it and it yeah. doesn't look so good. I mean, you can get away with this sometimes, but you you kinda gotta look professional as well. So. so you're not saying don't buy a shoulder rig, you're saying buy a good shoulder rig. What you should do is buy the tripod first, and then if you feel like you want to go handheld, just close the legs of the tripod and pick it up, and then you've you've got the motion. Yeah, you've got or lift up one leg and put that on your shoulder. You can you can turn most tripods into a shoulder rig somehow. But if you really need like on the shoulder run and gun, I would suggest what what do we get? Small rig. Small rig's really good. Or um, module parts. You just you just build it up from anything, and it's not like stupidly expensive like yeah, some filmmaking hand, equipment. A handle isn't like five hundred quid, which it's basically a bike handle, which you can buy for five hundred quid. Like these these are like thirty quid. Yeah. And I don't know why how people can even sell them for that much. I think the red rock rock something. There's I don't some know, crazy ones. Yeah. And micro the, rock or something, and it's just like no, you don't you shouldn't. Be spending that much. The only reason you're charging that much is because we're in a niche market, and the the thing they can. I mean, not so much anymore. This is more when the DSLR uh, revolution happened. But uh, yeah, get a shoulder rig. But like it says, we use a company called Small Rig. We'll link it in the show notes below. And all of ours is modular, and it's really good because you, you can kind of customize it the way you want it. Like our mine and Rich's shoulder rigs are slightly different. We've got the same camera, but we kind of like them in different ways. You, can, you know, you can buy the next bit and change it about and you can drop it off. Like I bought loads of stuff uh, so I could have it on a shoulder. And then there was like this part that puts it more to the left hand side and stuff. And then I realized, well, well, what I can do is just strip off half the parts and just use it really, really simply. Yeah. And um, a piece of advice with filming and equipment as well is, you know, know what you're buying. Like if you, if you see something you want to buy, wait three weeks and see if you really need it or you really want it. If you're forgetting about it in three weeks' time or you, you haven't really needed it, you probably don't need to buy it. I've I've bought so much stuff where it just sits there now or I never really used it. It wasn't so good. I bought the cheaper version when I should have just spent an extra 30 quid and bought the more expensive version. So what's a good example of that? What's the thing you most regret buying? What's sitting in the corner of the studio now that you've never used? Two cents, I'll have a look around the studio. Um... <clears throat> good question good question mine would be um, a fly cam so it's like a glide cam but a cheaper version I bought it and I tried it out and I liked it but unless you're really dedicated to being like a, a glide cam or a steady cam operator and you, you know that's what you want to do you're kind of just wasting a bit of money on it cause so you just, you just buy it because it looked fancy you kind of thought that's what you, you, you at thought the time you I was it. watching Devin Super Tramp and I wanted he's s- always using them like cool glide cam motions um, but uh, I've, it ended up collecting dust yeah. so I would my advice would be maybe rent one or see if you've got a friend who, who can you can borrow it off for a week and try it out it wasn't really my cup of tea I couldn't I just wasn't very good at it Um, I don't have anything particular I've got lots of bits of things so I've spent oh, I've thought oh, I'll get this little thing for the camera it's only five quid 
But you know what? I've spent many five pounds. Yeah. So I would say there's about... Get that on a t-shirt. Yeah. You know, up to a thousand pound and five pounds where it's just like, oh, I'll buy this and I've not done anything with it. I've not really needed it or it's been the worst version and I've not really sent that's, it back in the show. That's 200 items. Yeah. You know what? I've got a box in, in the corner, which is probably like that. And a box that's not in the studio where it's just like bits and you know what? Just make sure you, you, you know what you need. And if yeah. you can go without it for a while and save up to buy the better one, um, do that because I put uh, filming equipment's addictive. At the to same buy. time, it's like when you start out, it, it's like fun to buy a bit of kit and try it out and yeah. see especially, what it's like. Especially when you start earning a little bit of money from the jobs, it's like, oh, I can get this to make the next job better. Maybe Which, we should say the advice is buy it, try it out, and if it's collecting dust and you haven't touched it in a month, it. get it on eBay. Yeah, I've got a lot of things to put on eBay. Um, that's, you know, sp- if anybody wants to buy a cowboy <laughs> shoulder rig, that's, listen, I've got one, I'm going to sell it, even a spider steady he's, shoulder rig. He's also got 205 pound items <laughs> yeah. in a box that you can have. <laughs> which, Do a lucky dip. <laughs> yeah, which I'll sell for a pound each. We'll have a pound sale. Um, yeah, I mean, put it on eBay. It's even lenses, you know, I've had a lens that's been sitting there for six months at once and I haven't used it. I was just like, sell it. Definitely go for secondhand lenses. Oh yeah, well. buy secondhand lenses. Because you can sell them usually at the same price you bought like, them. I've bought lenses cheaper than I've um, I've sold them on for more. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah, and it's just because sometimes people are like, oh, I really want this lens. Someone will be talking about it. And it's just different times. And secondhand lenses, everyone keeps them good condition. And you can get them. It's kind of like buying a new car. When you If you buy a new car, you take it off out of the garage. And it loses half its value half this, half its as value. soon as it's off the showroom. Lenses kind of, you know, you take you buy them. They can. They will only reduce in price by maybe a like thirty percent or something. If that they keep, they always retain like at least half the value. Yeah, and you know, just as much as your camera, people give take good condition of them. And there's a million lenses out there. So yeah, I would say buy second hand. I have most of mine are. I don't think I've bought a new lens actually. So if if you were gonna like list like five things, I like was, yeah, I was just about to ask that. Like a, a filmmaker starter kit. Yeah. So camera. Yeah. Tripod. Camera, tripod. Microphone. Microphone you need. Right, in the next two... I assume the lens is included in the camera then? Yeah, just the kit lens, it's fine. Kit okay. lens, you know, um, update or get a 50mm if you need. Um, you know, you can get them for like 50 quid. You yeah. Know, just So whatever camera you get as well. Um, so the next two, right, these these are the two where, you know, you might have been doing it a while. You've got good audio, you've got good visuals. Um, I think the next thing I bought um, was a slider. Slider, yeah. And you know what? A slider... You'll get one and you'll absolutely love it because... <laughs> everything will be slider. Every, everything will be slider. But you know what? If you're doing work with clients, it makes it look so good. The production value mm. on your videos goes right up, um, depending on... Clients things. love it. Yeah. Because it looks... It looks cinematic. It looks out of the hands of a, of a operator. It yeah. looks cinematic, yeah, because it's smooth motion. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a little bit cheesy sometimes for films. And for films, it's really got to be... Why are you using this slider? Like, yeah, can you for, do it when another another type of shot? Yeah, for corpse when we shot that, uh, which is a short film we've made. Um, there was a slider shot kind of introducing two characters in the tunnel scene we did. Yeah, but you cut that out. It didn't need it to be there, you know. Yeah. It, and it yeah, it looked good, but it wasn't necessary. Yeah, so, there's there's only three slider shots in that whole thing. Yeah, and they're all for a reason. But um, you know what? Get I would get a slider. It's kind of like drone footage now. Drone footage is way of It's like used. the new slider. Yeah, yeah, it's like the new slider. Um, 
get some, they're really cheap now again second hand yeah, you know everyone's what? getting rid of them now so I, I've got a, I'm, I'm actually just about to sell a slider so if anyone wants to buy that um, I mean I've got Canova sliders and you know what we've both got Canova sliders yeah. actually and um, for the price they're so rugged they're really mm-hmm. well made yeah. um, you can get all accessories for them as well but there's, there's lots of different ones out there you can buy it you can build one out of PVC pipe but you know what it won't be very good um, and it won't look very good so you know if you really want one and you Especially if you're doing client stuff, it's it's great piece of camera equipment yeah. to have. So that's I would suggest my fourth on the list. I think well, if we'll put the last one on. Would be um get a five in one reflector. Yeah, so fifteen quid, five in one reflector. You're going to get a silver, a black, a, a white, and a gold. Yeah, and then even and a diffused and a diffused. Yeah. Um, well, I suppose with that, it's kind of a light. So I would say get a good set of you know, uh, build up your like it. Don't buy work lights. Four years ago, or maybe five years ago, I don't ago, want to it sound was, snobby about it. But in, instead yeah. of instead of getting these pro lights, why don't you just buy this work light from B and Q and then do this and this? But we're in 2017 now, and Aperture is bringing out these amazing lights at not the filmmaker's cost. They're very affordable, and everyone has to compete with that now. So a lot of other companies are bringing out cheaper lights. So get a decent light because yeah. you might think it's going to be overpriced at first, but it's not just about how much power it's got. It's about its its color value and its accuracy and mm. all the other bits that go with it. So uh, dimmable, uh, they've got barn doors, yeah. for, right, battery for, powered. For £100, uh, you can buy a set of eight, three, three 800 watt lights. Yeah, it's really bright. Um, you know, you need to plug them in so they're not battery powered. But you know what? Those 800 watt lights will go a long way. They're dimmable. Yeah, we you know, still use them. We've got yeah, like six of them. We've got like six of them. And you know what? When it's cold, you can stick them on and you get really warm. <laughs> so but if you... Do, do not do that. Yeah, I'll um, I'll put a link to the ones we've got as we're well. the ones that Rob's going to be selling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, get some gloves with them because like I said, they get really hot and you can burn your fingers. But you know what? 100 quid on that set of lights, you can do a lot with them. Just make sure you don't blow the circuits in the place that you're at or they will pop. Um you know, and then if you really want to get a, um, like it says, there's loads of LED lights out there. So they're really portable and battery powered. You can get them as cheap as 30 quid. They're not going to be the great, great color in them, but you can go all the way up to like even 100 quid and get a good set of, um, or even a one light panel and it'll go re- a long way. But, and again, my advice would be get something with barn doors on. That's something we don't have and it really frustrates us. Um, on our LED panel, we don't have them. So you've got to get flags on them and you've got to shape the light. And it's it's starting to become a pain. Um, so, bond doors in your light. Yeah. That's good, a good start. Good way to end. I like that advice is if you don't use the equipment in six months, get rid of it. Get rid yeah, of it. Yeah. Filmmaking equipment returns yeah. its value. So, so just get rid of it. Like, yeah. you don't need it. If it's collecting dust, it's it's literally just, it's uh, piles of fivers. Yeah. Piles of Rob's fivers <laughs> yeah. in the corner the, collecting the, dust. In the um, show notes below, there'll be links to all my EV items that I'm selling. <laughs> um, that I'll be putting on in a couple of weeks. I've got some Star Wars toys I'm putting on as well if you like that. So, <laughs> Great. And I suppose if you've got any opinions or advice about... Yeah, stuff you what, bought. What yeah, we'd love to know what everyone buy. else is saying. Yeah, yeah. All that sort of stuff. Yeah, uh, stuff you bought, awesome. stuff you've wasted your money on and stuff, you know what, you found that's really cheap. Maybe it was a fiver and it was really good. Send that over and I'll probably buy it. All right, trivia. Trivia, round two. Round two. It's currently... Richard's got 2-0. <laughs> Richard is currently 2-0, yeah. So I'll go straight into it. The first one is this. Oh, it's on silent, my laptop. (laughs) The first one is this. That's 
all you get. Um, That's all you get. I'm just going to go alien. Prometheus? No, he got it. Alien. Oh, yes. Uh, I picked that because I knew you watched it recently. So yeah. I thought it would be on the top of your head. Yeah. There you go. 2-1. Yeah. I just remember that. that. <laughs> I think that's in all of the alien films. Probably. Um, number two. Titanic. Lord <laughs> oh, of the Inception. Rings. Inception. <laughs> no, how did I get not get that? I thought it was Halo at first. <laughs> Inception. I've got, I've got the totem over there. Inception it was. <sighs> I'm just going to give Tri- up It's I think it might be because you're a bit, little bit trigger happy. Well, uh, just because it was Titanic <laughs> earlier, and I just wanted to, that's going to come up, isn't it? From, you uh, know what? I absolutely love this film. I know and you this do. I know you do. This round was made for you, Alien we'll, Inception. We'll watch it at some point. Because you, you don't really like it that much, do you? It's not my favourite uh, Nolan film. I'll turn this off now. I'll, I'll fade it out. Oh. All right. Um, no, I don't, it's not that I don't like it. It's a brilliant film, obviously. It just um, it wasn't. W- it didn't. Like I think it'll be a good. I think it'll be a good film to dissect. Yeah, maybe you'll do I've, in future weeks. I've only watched it to just just to entertain us. Yeah. So I've never really broke it down. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's do that that one one week. So three one. So you need to get these next two in the next round in order to tie. Just in order to. Have tie. you got a tiebreaker? I've got a tiebreaker. Okay. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just to build a bit of jeopardy in the podcast. Right. Moving on to. You, you haven't, haven't seen, seen that. that? How can it be that? Yeah, that's Let's it. make it that. Okay. That's it now. <laughs> so, so I'll just recap again how this um, segment came about. Um, so Rob and Rich, quite experienced filmmakers, but they haven't seen a lot of films between them. Um, and it infuriates me every time. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so it really does. So for this segment, we'll be challenging each other to watch films that either one or more of us hasn't seen and dissecting its filmmakers pro- filmmaking properties. And this week's film is 2001 A Space Odyssey. So let me do a little bit of background and plot and things like that. So it was released in 1968, written, directed, and produced by Stanley Kubrick. And it's probably one of the most analysed movies of all time. Interestingly enough, it wasn't best received when it first came out. Critics didn't like it. But today it's widely regarded as one of the greatest and most influential films ever made. In 1991, it was deemed culturally, historically and aesthetically significant by the United States Library of Congress and selected for preservation in the National Film Registry. I don't really know what that means, but <laughs> it sounds important. Oh, well, I'll get one there one day. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's nominated for four Academy Awards and received one. Do you know what that is? Music? No, nope. uh, it was his effects. It must have been the yeah visual, visual, effect. visual effects. Oh yeah, effects, that makes yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, nineteen ninety. I mean, nineteen sixty-eight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'll do a quick thing about the plot. So, prehistoric apes, then modern men, encounter an alien monolith. The apes then learn to use the tools, also becoming violent at the same time. Can I just uh, <clears throat> can I just say yeah? Oh right, let's let's talk about the plot. Right, done. Uh, next. Because it doesn't have a plot. <laughs> no, let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> so cut to millions of years later and man is launching a space mission. Space mission. Space controlled mission. by a, a computer called HAL 9000 to Jupiter to find out why the monolith is beaming a beacon in that direction. And then all sorts of weird things happen and the film ends. So I have a... I have what a, does it end? I have an I inkling. I didn't get that part. I have a, a sneaking suspicion of... I only got of, four hours in. <laughs> I have a sneaking suspicion that the way this is going to go. So I've seen this before. Rob's seen this before. Rich hasn't seen this before. Yeah. I'm going to start with you. What did you think of 2001 A Space Odyssey? I think before I get my opinion of it, okay. I need to 
I understand that in 1968, this was the first really well-made science fiction, you know, movie. Yeah, it was, it was different from a lot of other ones. It wasn't cheesy, you know, it was If this was didn't serious. come out, we wouldn't have a lot of other films. We certainly wouldn't have Star Wars, anything like that. Right. There's a butt coming, I think. As a piece of entertainment, which I always say, if a film's not entertaining, then it's simply not very good. Was this entertaining? No. Some parts were. All right, I'll tell you the only bit that I thought was good. <laughs> All right, the only bit that had the two character two conflict and, and goal was when the character Dave is out trying to save his mate who's just flown away. He's, <laughs> he must be dead. And Hal won't open the doors and he's got to try and figure out how to get back inside. That bit was really good. It's a bit of conflict, a bit of suspense. I was, I was invested in the character at that point. Um, the entirety of the rest of the film... I thought was a self-indulgent piece of crap. <laughs> wow, strong words. Um, if this you, you film can... is a masterpiece, then I must be retarded, honestly. I thought it was a piece of absolute... Say what you think. Did you like it? No, I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, th- this, is, uh, this is the second time I've seen this film. Um, I can't really remember the first time. Um, so I sat down and watched it. And... You know what? It looks great. I'll, I'm going to give it that. It looks really good. Um, I think there's a butt coming here as well. Uh, yeah, I, we were saying earlier but off the podcast, it, it, it's it's great as a, a bunch of desktop backgrounds on your yeah, computer. Right. And I, yeah, that's true. I agree with Rich. At the time when this came out, the filmmaking of it is, you know, it's so groundbreaking the way they did the sets, um, the way it looks. And you know what? It, it looks great. But you know where this film needs to be? It needs to be in a contemporary art gallery and you sit down and watch like two minutes of it, put the headset on and then you leave. Then you can come back two hours later and you don't need, you don't need to know what's going on because you know what? It doesn't make sense. And I've got a little bit of things of how I would probably do it and where I could improve. But you know what? I didn't enjoy it. And I don't know if that makes us a bad person. Cause it doesn't make you a bad person. It's just, yeah, what everyone talks about it as being this masterpiece and yes as a filmmaking masterpiece it was but as a story just pure storytelling as a piece of cinema is well it's the, just the storytelling there's nothing there it's but just there's, it, does a film necessarily have to have plot and narrative for it to be a good film well evidently yes it does it, it needs like it says it's when, a different when, filmmaking experience well let's that's that's work through the yeah, categories but, well can i give my opinion yeah. So Christian. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Right. So Christian, just before we're we're gonna what we normally do, <laughs> what we normally do, what we're gonna do is, um, yeah, we'll we'll break down all the different categories. So we're gonna talk about the cinematography, the sound design, the visual effects. Um, but yeah, Christian, tell us, um, what you thought of it. All right. I had a feeling you'd be on that side of the fence, so I'm gonna go to the other side. Mm-hmm. Like I I like this film a lot better than the first time I saw it. I think I had the same opinions that you just expressed there when I think I watched this when I was like 18 and when I was just kind of going through the list of films I should be watching. And I did, I found it, the first time I watched it, I found it quite confounding and a little dull and slow and I didn't really know what was going on. But I think it, you kind of touched upon what I think the reason for that was, Rob, before was it's labelled as this great sci-fi film, mm-hmm. um, but it's not, it's an art film. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, it's it doesn't have a formulaic narrative. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have hardly, any, har- house, hard, yeah, any, hardly any dialogue. Um, so if you're going into this thing expecting Star Wars, it's it's not what it's 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 not it. Um, so I I think 
because I was aware of that going in, I had a different experience. I could kind of set myself up for what I was going in for. Um, and I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I liked the ambition. I thought it was gutsy and weird. And I, I do think it's a masterpiece. Um, okay. But what's it about? Well, that's the point, isn't it? Wait. The point, well, we, there's, there's not one thing that the film's about. And I think that's the reason Stanley Kubrick made it, was to ask, so the audience ask questions. Well, we do what, know what it's about. What's it about? It's about these these giant Kit Kats, <laughs> and and then like a like the early man touches it and he he, he, he wants gets a Kit an, He gets intelligent and learns how to use tools, and then well, he, um, and then and then the aliens decide they're going to put one on the moon, so it's challenging humans to then go onto the moon, and then when that that gets activated, they put one in Jupiter. It's all about milestones of the human race, and it's in this alien ant form. It's it's I don't understand why people are like no. I don't understand it. Well, that is it. That's it's, it's yeah, obvious it's, it's, and it's not like I it's think, not like oh it's oh it's so vague it's like oh it makes you ask questions no there was no questions after it I just thought that's just a load of <laughs> it's just not very good it's just not very right, good right, film. Like, no I need to re- I need yeah, to review yeah. that yeah. so I don't think I think you're wrong there because I do think everyone gets a different experience on watching the film if you if you can find that by going on Rotten Tomatoes and reading the reviews every single reviewer took something differently from it. They thought that it was about something else, um, something different. So some people thought it was about the evolution of man. Some people thought it was about aliens. Some think it was about ex- existentialism, yeah. about God. Some and, people think it's about the evolution of how man started to kill people yeah. as well. So but, it picks up the bone and things. Exactly. But it is about all of those things at the same time. And Stanley Kubrick said on multiple times in interviews that his intention was to create a subliminal experience. He wanted to get into the subconscious of the audience rather than just just kind of putting forward a straightforward plot and he wanted people to experience and interpret the film in their own way um like a dream which is kind of like why the the end scene was the way it was um so i think there's not one plot where well, there's, there's no plot yeah i mean I've <laughs> there's got, not one way to interpret it i've got something kind of to say about that as well i was watching um some of the filmmakers being interviewed afterwards uh this was um in 2001 obviously they did the anniversary well they did you know talked about in 2001 yeah and um you know what he was they were filming it when he they ran out of money and apparently they were saying that kubrick wanted to spend another year filming this so that tells me that he didn't film at all he didn't finish the story and he just went you know what there you go I don't have any more money. The studio's not going to give us any. That's it. It's done. And you know what? As, as an indie filmmaker, I've been in these situations where you don't have enough time. You've got to cut scenes out. Um, the people don't turn up that you've relied on to be extras. This was my student film. And you know what? You put the film together. doesn't make any sense now because you haven't had the money. You haven't had the time. And you've had to cut this out. And he just ran out of money and he do didn't know what to do. He spent, oh man, I need to make a two and a half hour film. Right, what I'll do is I'll get all those VFX shots and I'll just put them in from start to finish. Oh, oh, Mr. Editor, um, you know how you've got about four seconds until it cuts the next one? Yeah? Just put all 30 seconds in on every single <laughs> shot. This is still making sacrilege you're saying right now. All right, honestly, it's a 1968 version of a VFX reel. VFX are great. Well, actually, you know what? But just, well, just, just get to the next bit, man. It's got less VFX in than uh, Star Wars. It's all a lot of it's practical. Yeah, but at least Star Wars doesn't go. Oh, I really love this VFX shot, so I'm just going to show the whole thing for thirty seconds because yeah. I just love could, it so much. But you could argue that he the pace was the way it was on purpose. Like the whole point of the film was 
Stanley admitted that he wanted people to question things and, and ask what the hell's going on. So if he made those long shots, it gives the audience time to kind of think and question and analyse what they're seeing on screen and make their own opinions. Um, that, a, that's a, that could be a purposeful choice. What about the first two minutes? But it only takes so and... many seconds for someone to be able to see what's on screen, understand it, and then go to the next thing. I saw it on screen, understood it, and then I kept going. And then I looked at it again and went, oh, yeah, man, that's still exactly the same. But he, yeah, so that's still... So he's wanting you to so, think about it. So Stanley Kubrick made this film in order for me to be bored. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh well, then. Oh, that makes him. That makes him wicked he, as a filmmaker. In, in, he's. He, he was. A he genius. deliberately he, made a boring film. Right. Every choice That's was terrible. Deliberate. Right in in right the dog end sequence. Like we're going to go through the list. In okay, the, 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 let's go right. We're yeah, let's go through the list. Well. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go through the list. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> What's first? Uh, Char- um, character development, um, character story development. and writing. Okay. Yeah. So well, I'll do I'll do a little bit of in, in, so we're going to talk about character development we're going to talk about story we're going to talk about the lighting the sound effects everything like that uh, to break down the film to see if it achieved the film look so what is first Christian so the the first is the story and the characters story okay I think we've kind of covered that um, I think it's way too long I think you can tell a better story in that same amount of time but you just cut out all of the montage stuff of the traveling in film you arrive. You arrive late. You leave early. Yeah, um, I, I, got I understand. Well. I understand with this. You know, you you. Some of it's fine to to stay there with it, but it's just a lot of the sequences when, especially the dogging. Yes, it looks fantastic, but it's just fifteen minutes mm-hmm. too long. I understand about you know lingering on a shot for suspense or for s- someone to think about it, but arrive late, leave early can be achieved while also doing that. It's more like arriving four days early so we can listen to a guy breathing for six and a half minutes. We, it, it just simply doesn't need to be there. Yeah. So, but did, what did that... This what? film, right, he made an hour's worth of a movie and then extended everything else out and then said, how did that oh make, yeah, by the way, that's deliberate. How did that make you feel when he, when he showed that person breathing on screen for seven minutes? I just thought... Is that the end? Near the end? Well, it was always true. It's throughout the film. Oh, well, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. How did it make us feel? Yeah, how did it make you feel? I just thought... What's going on here? What is going on? Did it not create any suspense or no. anxiety? No, I mean, some or... of it, like you said, when um, he's asking Hal to open the doors. And oh, that, that bit that's was great, suspenseful. yeah. That's my favourite part of the film, because yeah. that's the only part you that know, actually is a film. All of, Everything where, you, from the apes, you see that, um, then you see him going up to the moon, and then you see him in front of that black thing, whatever it is, like a, it's monolith. an iPhone or something, you know? It's a monolith. It's a, a monolith. And then, it's a Kit Kat. <laughs> yeah, and then you see, um, you see when they're with Hal, and Hal's a fantastic character. Let's talk about Hal. You know, but you know what? All those bits are really good. It's everything in between. They just need to compact it. I really love the bits with with the uh, early man. I liked how it was all spaced out, and we got to see three thousand so years the, later. Yeah, and, and I really like that. We got to see them just as early man, you know, jumping about yeah. and then like beating and the crap out of each you other. You know, the characters are good. The re- you know what, they're interesting and they've got something to do and you, you you see a little bit of the backstory with them. Hal's a really interesting character. Um, You know, people say he is the main character in the film and when you see him get disconnected, you know, that's all really interesting. But it's just like, it, then it just doesn't go anywhere. You could cut out, out of all of those sequences where it's like the docking and everything it like that. It does go somewhere. At the very end, yeah. when there's aliens and they couldn't afford to make aliens, so they just decided, you know what, that's we're not going to show them. No, that's not that's not what happened. He wanted to put aliens in the film, but he just didn't know how to visualize them. Like he didn't know what to make them look like, and he didn't want to put anything in there that would take people out of it. And then it was just 
what it was due. And I you think know, he consulted like um, um, he's a Carl Sagan. They consulted yeah. Carl Sagan to mm-hmm. ask what the the aliens should look like, and he was like, "Well, they're not going to be humanoid, yeah. so you can't you can't cast them." And he was like, "Oh, like, I don't know how to do it," so he just left them out. Just left them out. And you know, the actor who um, obviously you see him in his spacesuit at the very end, and then you see him sitting on the table, but then when then he looks back and the spacesuit guy's not there and then he sees him on the bed and you never see you never see the previous version of the character. Um that was the actor's idea on set. He was just like he didn't he didn't know what he was doing. It was and then on we the will fly. change him into a giant space baby. Yeah, it was on the flight. He didn't know what he was it didn't know what he was doing and how to show it. It's all metaphors. Yeah, but he didn't know. He was just like, let's turn up on set. I've got all this money and I can do whatever the I don't I believe want. I don't believe that. See I I I think he had, you know what? I think this is going to be really cool. I'm going to have this spaceship and I can do this technology where <clears> the camera's turning, the camera's staying still, but the actress is walking upside down and into another room. You know what? Absolutely fantastic. The rig they made for that looked great. And for the 60s, even better. But it was just a visual act. You know what? I can pull off this shot, then I can pull off this shot and pull off this shot and just pull them together. Should we, um, sorry. Should we, I'm right, that, right, let's say from now on. Yeah, no um, rants. If if we're gonna speak negative, we we'll just just be really quick. Yeah, let's yeah. Talk, let's talk <laughs> yeah. about all the positive things, and we'll, we'll go down the yeah, list. Yeah, let's talk about how it did achieve the film look. Okay. Because so the direction I, I, slash execution. What do you think about the direction of the film? I think I've just spoke about that. <laughs> um, right. So there's, yeah, stay on topic, guys. There's quite yeah. a few things <laughs> I do like about it in terms of its direction. So the set design and the costumes are really impressive. Yeah, I mean, uh, I loved the inside of the circular space station. How it was like on a big long loop. I mean, oh, for good. 68, it looked absolutely amazing. All the set design. Uh, I watched on Blu-ray and it, it, it definitely holds up. Like, it's yeah. so good, yeah. Uh, the costumes, That's, the spacesuits. Yeah, I thought all of that was great. Um, other than that, it, I guess it is just the whole... Uh, it's just too lengthy. It's it's too, like, he just sat there, put his scarf on and his glasses and went, ooh, I want people to think. It's like, just, just make a movie, man, you... <laughs> Right, negatively, mate. Sorry, Negative. yeah, sorry. <laughs> All right. So All what's right. next? Cin- I mean, the cinematography of this film is superb, isn't I it? I mean, it. you know what? It doesn't get better than this. Yeah. Especially for a space film. It, The colours, the chores, the palettes and everything in the... You like, know, like ev- the, I was going to say, everything is a desktop background. Yeah. Everything's so strikingly yeah. beautiful. Everything's, yeah, it's yeah, just I mean, completely stunning. I'm not too sure who did the cinematography for this, and I don't know who they were up for against um, at the Oscars, but... At the time, this just looked fantastic. If I was going to make a space film, I would want it to look like this. Yeah, space film, definitely. Well, it's a space film. It's a yeah. it's a sci fi film. It's it's an art house, you know, contemporary art thing. Um, I would want it to look like this. You know, the spaceships, and I love the technology within it and how they achieved that um, for the sixties. And it, you know, yeah, it just looks fantastic. Yeah, so let's give it a tick for cinematography you know, because it's the best looking sci fi film. It's okay. ever. You know. It's one of the best looking films. Yeah, no, that's true. Like it's, and there's a lot to learn. And you know what? I, th- I will watch it again for the cinematography, but probably with the sound off, in the background. So, I, we'll ease into, we'll move into special effects then. All right, the special effects I thought were great. So you know how he managed to get people walking, on oh, the on was, the on the ceiling. Yeah, that, everything. Um, this was before computer generated. Everything was models. And, everything yeah. was models, which yeah. was unbelievable. Yeah, and I don't it, know how you would even think of think of being able to do some well, of that stuff with we cameras. Watched, we watched E.T. last week, yeah. and some of that does not hold up, and that was the 80s. Um, and all of this does, all of the models do when they're flying through uh, space. Yeah, a bit too long. But 
you know, when they're on the moon and the compositing of, of what they did, you know, absolutely fantastic. Mm, and definitely, yeah. You know, the, you, you could put that into a modern film and I don't think people would notice. Yeah. Um, the technology, obviously, they used to make them walk upside down when they're in the... I couldn't figure that out. I was watching it going, how the hell are they doing the, that? The actual full thing's moving. Um, was that like when the, what they did with Inception? Yeah, Inception yeah. did it. They did the exact same, yeah. same technology, but that was like I like I like the one ago, where right? he was where you were first introduced to the Dave Davy boy yeah and he was running around the, the spaceship oh yeah I really so like that was that. like so the, the well, camera was stuck to the and set he's, and he's the jog- set was moving yeah he he's jogging on the still. spot yeah and um, like a giant hamster wheel yeah yeah I mean to pull that off even now is just unbelievable like I wouldn't even know where to start yeah with that um, like I said Inception did it um, yeah. very well and it was kind of a throwback to that uh, so yeah I mean all of that it was you know what it's the, that is the best out yeah. of anything I've seen. And Definitely. it was great um, vision in terms of what he predicted the future to look like. Um, oh, like they tab- were, things like tablets. They were using iPads and Skype. Uh, did you yeah, notice yeah. the video was um, portrait, which everything's going yeah, now. that was another thing. I was like, the TV's how portrait. did they predict that? Yeah, they, they were watching the they news. They predicted yeah. it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That could, if you made that film today, it would look exactly the same. Yeah. I it's mean, amazing. with the space station halfway between here and the moon and then getting like, the, just like a bus stop and then going to the next one, yeah. you know, that will I really happen. liked how they, they put like Pan Am and stuff on. Yeah. The product placement was all there. And it, yeah. It felt like a realistic version. Like it uh, didn't you, feel like a fantasy. That bit where Dave will get, comes Dave back. Or, <laughs> Davey boy. Where Dave will comes back in in the spaceship after Hal locks him out. You know, when he kind of gets sh- shot back yeah. in and there's no gravity. I think the set was upside down there yeah. and the, he was on a string. Yeah, the camera was facing point upwards. Yeah. 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 And then uh, they did it like twice and he like had to, he, luckily he just grabbed hold of the airlock uh, thing. Uh, I love stuff like that. It's yeah. amazing. Cool. So um, I think we've already kind of touched on it, but we'll if, see if you've got anything else. So editing and, and the pacing of it. I think the editing, it just, maybe they could just trim a little bit. <laughs> uh, such, as, such as the two minutes of music at the start. Two, two, uh, two minutes, 57 no, seconds. No, what, the two, I really like that. I, I liked well, it. I liked off. it after the intermission. No, what Jay's talking about the 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 black screen at the beginning where they play that that rumbling. Yeah. yeah. Um, I quite like that. Put you in a you know. I, I liked it the there. second time they did it. All right. But I think it's because uh, after an intermission, you you sort you of s- expect the music to come on in the cinema. Was, and you sell you, s- you seldom see a, a, an intermission in a film nowadays. Yeah, that's true. Um, um, I quite like that. I think honestly, I think I could I could edit this film. And make it a better film. Okay, that's a strong. strong yeah, I've got some there. things. Of I think how to make I think the, the shots yeah. that are twenty seconds could easily be ten seconds and still give the same, the same elongated impression. Yeah, it could be two hours long. The only the only bit that I thought deserved the extended length was the uh, the the light show at the end. That yeah. was the only that <clears> was the only bit that really did make us feel something it made us question it and only because it's it is like a psychedelic yeah. mode uh you know you, you you're warping through space or whatever the, it's supposed to be you turn into a big big fat baby in space at the end yeah. made me feel uh, sick. star child yeah so that bit makes sense but it didn't pay off as well because i was so sick of it right at the start i, I it's it's a choice that he he admitted that he did um and it, it serves a purpose i think i think everyone's just so used to Fast cut, no, it's no not more that. than you know four what? shot. It's four not. second scenes. No, it's not that it's because not. this film, it could be good, uh, and you could add more to the story if you cut out all those elongated shots. I, I admit that could, I was bored. I admit that I was bored on a, a few occasions. Well, there you but, go. <laughs> and, 
but I was um, which was I I thought the 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 ape thing at the beginning what was it called the evolution of man or the dawn of man and um, I thought that went in a tiny bit too long see I'm I'm under the impression that 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 was quite good because we were seeing like vistas and stuff right at the start yeah and it was really sort of letting us sink into the into the world and the and the direction you have to sort of yeah, give the audience a few minutes of by the way, this is the type of film it's going to be. Yeah. But then it just kept going. And the, it, really, it was just the uh, the docking and the and the spaceship moving <laughs> along. And I said, all right, yeah, that spaceship's moving along. Yep, all right, and see, it's going in there. Space is a big place, man. You know, right. it takes a while to get there. <laughs> okay. Sorry, no negative, though. <laughs> no negative. All right, sound design. All right, sound design. I love the sound design in this film. I love the fact that it was just silent when they were in space. Yeah. I, I really the, love that the, there was no like explosion when when that had blown back into the uh, when Hal wasn't letting him in. I thought it was great which, that it was just muted. There was conspiracy theories that this was. Um, yeah, he got paid after this to then to, make to the moonlight. The moon yeah, so that's, that's bollocks. Yeah, but yeah. Sorry, I, I swore. <laughs> that's all right. That's a. Is it okay? That's yeah, only a C class swear. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it could have been a silent film. There was there was hardly any dialogue in it. Um, not a silent film. There's obviously noise, but soundtrack. Um, and then the soundtrack. There wasn't one. No, there wasn't. It was just that main theme, I suppose. Well, he used pre-existing compositions yeah. rather than creating a new score, which, which is quite a gutsy thing to do you know, at the time it, as well. It worked really well. That song. That, that yeah, fits I think perfectly. it worked. Yeah. I really love the classical music with the yeah. you know futuristic of space. It's mm-hmm. it's putting ultimate juxtaposition together. It totally worked. It's uplifting kind of awe-inspiring music that you would you would like to see yeah, put I'm, against those visuals yeah i mean now it's that's when you hear the song that's what you see you yeah see, you see the earth and yeah. the, the the what's that iphone thing Kit called Kat. <laughs> um so yeah <laughs> monolith <laughs> so all right i think we've probably already right. touched on how would you do it differently but well, i've i've right so yeah i would shorten it right down and i reckon you can go th- further i want to know what this thing is i want to know but no that's the point you're not supposed to know yeah but no no you don't need no, the answers I, to these things i want to though because what's out there how did it get on the moon and maybe but, it's not that but you can create your own backstory you can have the i don't want to though i want see, i want, I, I want I would him to tell me there. I, I like that we didn't see any aliens well and, maybe it's not aliens but and it's very sort of we only see these giant kit kats because if 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 we were just dis- gonna discover aliens i'd imagine that's what we'd be discovering now Rather than like, well, I suppose from last week, rather than ET coming down and oh, yeah. I, I read how you did. <laughs> but I love, I love puzzles. I love films of ambiguity. I like films that pose more questions than they answer, and in films that give you content that you can ponder over and talk about. Like having, I mean, we wouldn't yeah, be having these conversations I mean, if they give us these answers, would they? Would we? Yeah, but I reckon you could, you could take it further. You can go next. You can go further than what that man went to because you've seen him turn into a baby essentially apparently there's a the, the delete scene at the end I don't know if you read about this so it's even longer was, <laughs> but the the baby baby man child who's looking over the earth at the end becomes a Kit Kat becomes a Kit Kat no he um, an iPhone he destroys all the world's nuclear weapons and I'm all, so glad that's not there they all, <laughs> they all blow up I in would, the end. you know what if that happened I wouldn't have turned up for this podcast to talk about it because <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but it's kind of a thing because you know the invention of the tool at the beginning, and they're yeah. used as a weapon, and then it kind of comes full full circle when the monolith creates the weapons and then destroys them at the end. So it, there was kind of a, a fuller, more satisfying ending there that they deleted, which I think is, was the right thing to do. Okay. Uh, so I, has it can, aged? I don't think it's aged, dear. No. No, I don't think so either. I think, I think it's quite a feat to make. I mean, I think it's 
for the when you look at the age of it, it's unbelievable. It is. It is. Considering insane. when you look at films, yeah. even from the eighties, you know, the, they were all trying to achieve this, and none of them did visually. Um, this is Tom Hanks' favorite film of all time. Everyone loves Tom Hanks, so you're wrong. Uh, well, I mean, if Tom Hanks loves it, then I'm just gonna have to. It's um. I'm just gonna have to love it then, aren't I? If I ever meet Tom Hanks, because I love him, what Tommy? Yeah, if we ever meet him, mate. 2001 Space Odyssey. That's all I'll say. <laughs> and he loves typewriters, so I say this and typewriters. Oh, I've got, got typewriters. There you go. You'll be so best mates. Me and Tommy. And um, it's it's also Scorsese's, um, Spielberg's, and I think Lucas's top films as well. There's no dialogue in the first 25 minutes. So it ends when the stewardess speaks at 25 minutes and 38 seconds. Okay, so it wasn't 45, so I, I was wrong there. Maybe it just felt like 45. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and there wasn't in the last 23 minutes either, excluding the end credits. Okay. I did wake up uh, this morning because I did watch it last night I did wake up this morning and had a good think about this film which I guess yeah I mean it's achieved something yeah, that, yeah. It, that it needed to like I watched it the other day and I really wanted to talk about it but obviously we don't before the podcast so we can talk about it on here yeah. and um, yeah I mean if you haven't seen it if you a couple of you haven't seen it like friends watch it and have yeah. a good discussion about it because there's a lot to talk about oh yeah I, yeah. Don't, I didn't like this film but I would suggest it to someone so yeah. That's it, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd go and watch it. That's a that's a rare combination there. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I hated it, but you should definitely see it. Okay, let's sum up. So I think I hope that anyone out there listening to this will be inspired to watch the film and have their own conversations and opinions of what it means. Um, I doubt that any film fans or filmmakers wouldn't be anything less than inspired, like awed by it. It's quite a visually impressive film. Yeah, You're definitely sure. yep. going to feel something when you watch it and have a, a lot of respect for Kubrick as a filmmaker, whether or not you like the plot or whatever it is. But um, I feel like, personally, it was better the second time I watched it. So maybe give it a few years, go back to it, see what you think. Yeah, when we're we'll on d- episode 104. We'll, t- we'll do another We'll do another podcast in, in five years' time and see and see if your opinions have changed. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch um, this again. Yeah, yeah I'll be, I, w- I'll, I will watch I'll this again. I'll definitely watch it it's, again. It's a challenging film, but I think it's definitely worth stepping up to that challenge. The thing is right. That was a good ending. That was a good ending. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Don't, because that thing is right. Because <laughs> you were about to say something negative there, weren't you? <laughs> so that was, you haven't seen that, with 2001 a Space Odyssey. If you've got any opinions on the film and want to join us in the conversation, then please leave your comments on all of our social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all of that. At the film look. At the film look. Hashtag film look podcast. Hashtag film look podcast. All right, what is the film so, we're going to watch next week? So you've just made a suggestion yeah, that um, I think was great, so I think we should go with that one. How about we watch City of God? I have not seen that okay, film. I don't know what it's about. I think I've got it on DVD. I have no Maybe. idea what it's about either. Oh, man. I love this film. It was, it was, you know, it, it's on the highly rated films. It's on the top tens. I think it's a Brazilian film, but honestly, like, I didn't know what it was going to be about, and then I, I watched it, and I was just like, yeah, this is just wicked. If you want to join in the conversation next week, watch it before next Saturday. Next is that Saturday. when we put these out? Yes, yeah, next yeah. Saturday, and you can see what we think, and then you can comment along. Cool, I'm excited. Comments. Yeah, actually, you know what? I don't know anything about this film, and I love that. Ah, oh, great. So I'm not going to watch anything of it. Trailers. I'm really happy to get to watch it again. Wicked. So the third round of ooh that film sounds good. I like that. I do. Ooh that film ooh, sounds good. That ooh. film sounds good. I like that. Yeah, it's currently three one to Rich. So it's all play for Rob. You need these two to get get these two right. Mm-hmm. And if you do, exciting tiebreaker. 
Oh, the audience are on tenterhooks. See, I've played this. I've played this type of game quite a lot. Have you? So I think I'm I'm trained for it. Okay. <laughs> All, right, All right, let's do this. I'm prepped. Number one of this round. Robocop. Nope. God damn. I'll go. Come uh, on, you can do this, Rob. I know you can do Terminator. it. Terminator. Mm, no. Right. What was it? Well, I'll play it again. You okay. get one more. One more go each. It's some eighties action. You're gonna resume. Silly. I'm gonna resume. Okay. Right, Rider? <laughs> no. All right, I'm gonna stop it. Last go. We got to move on. I'll, come I'll, on, I'll, gonna, just think. I'll, just think. I'll just use your brain. I'll, come on. I'm tired. Um, I, I definitely haven't seen I this film. I, oh, no, it's not that one. The one I'm right. Thinking you've of. seen it. I've, you've seen this film. I know for a fact you've seen it. Have I seen it? Yes. Oh, oh Blade no. Runner. Yes. Yeah. Oh God. I was going to say Tron, but it was a bit too Blade Runner. Yeah, Blade Runner. We watched it in preparation for the the new release with what's his face in it. Yeah, actually, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Have you seen that, Rich? Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Yeah, I thought oh. it was really overrated. Okay, oh, we might need yeah. to watch that. <laughs> okay. Ooh, it's exciting. Three, two. Right, number two. I'll stop it there. Do you know this? Oh, what is it though? It's <laughs> a very famous film. Ba, 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 gladiator. He's only gone and got oh, it. Ah, he's got it. Yeah. I was going to say like um, like Small Soldiers or something. <laughs> yeah, <well. laughs> and that's well, what we'll watch next week. Oh, can we watch Small Soldiers one time? Maybe it's some might I. Get in. I love that film. <laughs> small Soldiers. Why did that come to your head? <laughs> I don't know. I was, uh, it's on ITV, I think. All right. Yeah, do you want to do the um, the last one you've got the tiebreaker? Well, just it's, for, it's meaningless now, but yeah, let's anyway. go. Let's it's go on with the it. audience. It's, it's just a, for the glory. It's for the glory. It's a little harder than the other ones, but you might get it, given you said small soldiers there. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Potter? No. Pause it. It's Hook. He's got it again. He's so Hook. good at these games. Oh, man. I wanted to end. I wanted to start with Johnny Wilbur and end with him. Oh, so this yeah. was uh, Jono. Hook's a good film, like Hook is a brilliant film. Yeah, I haven't brilliant seen that in a while. So that was Robin Williams. Robin Williams. That that's like with, the, that's with, the trio. The trio. The, the double We've got double Williams. Spielberg, Robin Williams, and and Prince William. And I'm pretty sure John, John Williams did the. And Dustin Hoffman was in there as well. Dustin oh, Hoffman yeah, he was, wasn't right? he? Yeah, yeah, that's cool. All right, all right. That was an exciting so, round of. Uh, so that film sounds good. Oh, that film sounds good. I like that. Yeah, let's let's go with that next time. Um, we can run with that as well. Can, There's so many we, films out let's there. Let's make that a soundbite. At the same time, we'll go, ooh, that film sounds good. You ready? Three, two, one. Ooh, ooh that, that film, film sounds, sounds good. good. And I'll I'll say it. Right, nice. So I think we're nearly at the end of our podcast now. So we're going to end. Let me get this up. With a Q&A. With a Q oh, we'll do and Q&A. A. Still, I was just about <laughs> ready to do me. I'm no, I was ready to go. <laughs> it has been a long podcast. Right, so the end of the podcast, we wrap up by answering some questions sent to us on social media. If you want to ask a question and get involved with the podcast, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all at the username the film look, or you can use the hashtag the film look as well. So we have a few questions this week. Um, the first is Simon from Facebook, and he asks, I need a mic. What should I get? If we, he doesn't have a mic at all? That's, what, that's all I've got here in front Ooh, of me. You can do this one. A VidMic Pro is always a good thing. You can slap it on your camera and get good, sort of like better in-camera audio, but you can also take it off, get an extension lead, put it on a broom handle and boom it. So that would be the first one if you don't have one at all. 
I've used the Rode NTG2 and it's a good shotgun mic. It's semi-cardioid, so it's not hypercardioid. It's not like really focused, but it's focused enough. Uh, my advice would be get some sort of shotgun mic if you're going to get one. Don't get like a condenser mic like the ones we were using on this podcast. A shotgun mic basically can do anything if you adapt it in a certain way. It's just a good mic. So either get a Rode, Rode video mic, yeah. the new Video Mic Pro Plus, or maybe something like an NTG2. Yeah, if you get an NGT, NGT2, um, get that one, even though there's the five or the six. But you know what? There's not really much difference in, in the terms prices. Of, yeah, it's, you get very diminishing returns in terms of your audio quality, especially at the amateur slash indie level. Um, thanks for that, Simon. Um, the next one is Nicholas, who's also from Facebook. Um, and he asked, this is quite topical, this one. Apparently, Hollywood is facing the worst summer um, summer season in the past 25 years. And what do you think of this? Why do you think this is? Um, uh, all the all the failed awful. reboots. Awful. Reboots, remakes, prequels, sequels, and none of, not many original films. Not many originals. So you think that's yeah. where the key is, original stories? I mean, I... A little bit of risk. I've been to the cinema... Couple of times this summer. I don't go as much as I probably should. I've seen um I've seen Dunkirk, which was original, really good. Great. I went to see um Baby Driver. Another another original concept. Um if you haven't seen it, really go go and see that. Um and Spider Man. Spider Man, which yes, it's part of a franchise and there's been how many of these before? Five? This is the sixth this is technically, the, but the it's, MCU. It's technically different but you know what? It was entertaining. Um, I think Marvel's kind of doing it right um, and people will still go out to see those films but people are not going out to see the sequels, prequels and I don't even really know. In the Emoji movie, what's up with that? Like, why are they making s- stuff like that? I guess it's just not for us though, is it? It's for like kids, it's come out in the summer. Yeah, we're not. It's not yeah, we're not the target audience for the Emoji film. Yeah, but Although it did get, it didn't get the lowest rating on an, I, um, um, Rotten Tomatoes in history or something yeah, like that. So, But like the other films that have come out this year, I've just not been bothered about seeing them. Yeah. I feel like most films that are failing now are because of studio interference. The and with the with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like they've almost proven that there's this there's this uh, machine that you can put into it and get an output that's going to be successful. Uh, DC is trying to do that, and they're not realizing that there is no machine, and they're actually just writing pretty good movies. Yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, it's just they're just kind of pretty good. So, what do you think needs to happen in Hollywood for this to to kind of change? I think they need to give directors uh, more control, more control, and let them take. Let them take risks. Yeah, but okay. So, dear Hollywood, um, we've more got origi- some original, more original ideas. If you want to yeah. pay us a lot of money to make them, um, yeah. Okay. So, thanks for that, Nick from Facebook. Cheers, again, Nick. Again, if you want to get involved, just find us on social media. Ask a question there. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Um, let us know what you think about what we've talked about today, um, especially about 2001 Space Odyssey. We'd love to hear your thoughts and you're probably just going to dis- you might disagree with me and Rich. You might agree with Christian, but you know what? Let's get the conversation going because this is definitely a film that we need to talk about. Um, or everything that I've mentioned as well will be in the show notes below. So uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at, at the Filmhook. Send us a message. Um, Send us some questions as well that we need for next week and we'll, we'll, we might answer them. Um, also head over to iTunes and rate the podcast and comment. I don't know, I really yeah, know how this works. if there's a thumbs up or a, or a five star you can put in somewhere, yeah. do that. I think apparently help. it helps, yeah. Apparently it helps with that. So um, yeah, thanks for listening to the Film Love podcast where we're trying to achieve it one shot at a time. Um, we'll probably see you next week. All right. See Cut. you later. Bye.